This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. As the election cycle unfolded, there were obviously several moments that election watchers figured that the Trump brand was taking a beating and that it was not going to fully recover. But now, with Donald Trump as the next president of the United States, does the damage he suffered in the last few months have a chance to do a U-turn and see his brand soar if he can actually follow through on some of the things he has promised to do for the United States economy? Take a look at the Trump brand. We are joined here in studio by Wharton Marketing Professor Americus Reed, who you hear on Sirius XM 111 every week. And also joining us in the studio is Samir Nurmohamed. I apologize. No problem. Wharton uh, Management uh, Assistant Professor. Great to have you in the studio, both of you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Thank you. Uh, I, I've asked this to everybody that's come in. Reaction. What happened last night? Yeah, I think that uh, people are surprised. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there, there will be a, a redefinition of the uh, political landscape and the approach to uh, campaigns and how those campaigns are tracked and monitored yeah. uh, and th- things of that nature. I think the branding issue is going to be a very critical issue in terms of not only uh, the Trump brand, but the brand of the Republican Party, the brand of this country. You know, all of these things are going to be swirling around and, and, and sort of front and center. Uh, Samir? That's right. I think it's absolute shock in many ways. Um, I think it also reflects just obviously the trend going around around the world. Um, so it's not just in the United States, but it's also the brand of democracy and what that means um, and how people who aren't in that system will view it, too. Let's talk about the Trump brand first. A- and as I mentioned, there were so many moments during the run up to the election that people said, OK, well, you know, Donald Trump's done. There's no way he's going to win. Obviously, that 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 has turned. You know, that has not happened. Right. Uh, so, as I said before, if he can actually do what he said he was going to do on the economic policy mm-hmm. and increase level of pay for people and, and get better jobs and rebuild manufacturing and and do some of the things that he's talked about, does he have a chance to? kind of eliminate all of this negative stuff that happened during the run-up to the election. I mean, I think it's possible. I think the in terms of what I see out there, you have really two different brands that are yeah. alive and well. One is sort of the, the Trump, the non-political identity brand, which is wrapped up in this sort of outsider, uh, populist kind of narrative. And, and that obviously was very successful from, in terms of emotional appeal to a particular large 59 million or 58 million uh, voters out there. Yeah. But then you also have the Trump brand itself, which is a little bit different in terms of what's on buildings, what gets sold to people in terms yeah. of licensed products. And I think that's quite different. That is more of a DNA that's around kind of luxury and high-end kinds of, of products and activities. So it's kind of two different things. But, so, the, but the second could benefit from the first, The second right? could benefit from the first. Right. It could benefit. But what's interesting about it, if you look at the, the, the folks who voted, right? So you have, as you said, Dan, 120 million people. You had about 47.7 or so percent on each side. So neither candidate got above 50%. Right. Uh, Hillary actually got more of the popular vote in terms of the last estimates I saw earlier this morning. Uh, and so, if you think about it, those two—who who are those two consumers 
you know, what are they going to be doing? Yeah. If you think about sort of grossly as two segments, well, you know, probably the Hillary supporters are not going to be very favorable. And that's been clear in the data that yeah. the people on the other side really dislike the other side. And then you think about, well, what about these Trump supporters? Are they going to buy into the brand and be more amenable to buying these products and services that license his name? I don't know. Because again, you know, it's not clear to me that his demographic that he spoke to is necessarily the same customer that stays at these very ornate and luxurious sorts sure. of, of, of products and, and services that he tries to, to put out there. Samir? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, just thinking about the different sets of customers is really important here. Um, he's, he's very much branded himself as a populist, um, but his brand hasn't really been about that ever in his life. Yeah. It's about creating luxury. And there's been all these articles that, have, of course, come out over the past couple of months and how he very much associates his name with that. Um, so to think that he is now going to potentially bring all of that, that base that has basically created a lot of interest around um, and now bring that into his brand, that remains to be seen. There might be people that want to emulate him for sure. Sure. But he still has a lot a lot to do in terms of rebuilding his network with many of the people who were visiting his hotels, that were living in his apartments, that very much wanted to be associated with wealth. Mm-hmm. And until he actually brings through outcomes that can benefit those individuals, um, it's going to take some time. Well, and, and I'll go back to the the comment we made uh, at the top of the hour here mm-hmm. from the gentleman that tweeted me from central Pennsylvania, which was an area where Donald Trump, in terms of winning the state of Pennsylvania, did very well. Mm-hmm. Trump is more like us average guys than people want to believe. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, his brand has been about luxury. Yeah. But I think if you think of, of how he speaks and what yes. he spoke, he kind of was like a lot of the average guys out there. Yeah, I think it, well, I think it also just depends on what your prototype is for an average guy. Sure. Um, so that True. comes yes. up too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if your prototype for the average guy is someone who, who speaks out and speaks his mind and doesn't, you know, isn't necessarily politically correct and doesn't have a filter in terms of you know, what he what he says and what he believes. And I think yeah. that's that's a lot of his appeal to many people. Mm-hmm. Um, but for for others, he, he doesn't necessarily represent their, their common prototype. Um, but the one thing I will say for him is that, you know, when we look at research on leadership, we sometimes like having leaders who who will get a self-interested outcomes. Right. So. Yeah. So there's a, you know, there's a, grand, a very large share of the population who if their incomes go up, for instance, They'll be they'll be pleased. They'll be very happy um, if you know he is able to keep jobs in the economy and grow you know grow the economy like he says he will. They will be happy as well. And they and if you're able to deliver on those outcomes, you're willing to tolerate some sort of a fudge factor, as it's called. So sure, yeah, you'll 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 tolerate some <laughs> of the things he says, some of the things you'll, he does because he's delivering on those outcomes. But notice that it's very contingent on the performance. So if the wall doesn't get built, we won't you know we won't hold him his feet to the fire on this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe not. But if, if the job estimates that is promising to a lot of people, including, you know, individuals like like whom you just um, read the tweet from, yeah. if he doesn't deliver on those promises, well, his brand is going to be affected by that, too. I think what's also interesting here, Dan, is this idea of you can say a lot of things about President-elect Trump, but one thing you have to give him credit for is he is a master marketer slash brander. And sure. one, of the, one of the critical hallmarks of branding is consistency. And one thing you can point to in this election is that throughout this entire 18 months, 
he has stayed himself and stayed sort of true to this his brand. person, his person. Yeah, yeah. And that's huge, you know. Even in the in in the face of stumbling and all of these things, he and with a few faux pas, you know, where he was kind of forced to kind of do this apology sort of out of nowhere and all this. Right. I mean, he stayed really true. I think here's the problem though. Coming up though, it's like now you've got these two. You've got this base that wants more of this act to continue. Right, right. You've got this other group who's extremely upset and despaired and, you know, wants to see kind of a, a, a modification of the brand. So the question is, who does he try to, to placate well, here? Well, one, one of the ideas which we brought up earlier in the show is the fact that now that he is going to be president of the United States, being president of the United States may in some respects restrict him mm. in being that loud, boisterous person because... Of how certain things need to be handled. Right. You know, you can't go around. And, and again, you know, I think we're in such uncharted territory here. We don't know what's going to happen. But uh, it makes you wonder whether or not part of what he may or may not do, at least let's say the first year, mm-hmm. could very well determine one, how successful he will be, and two, how that brand is impacted going forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that it's going to be a big a big challenge here because one of the things that you don't want to do is try to speak to everyone, right? You can't try to serve different masters. Right. And so he has this base that's excited. All of these things that were promised is part of the brand, part of this populist, as was mentioned, uh, kind of narrative now is the expectation that's been set. But when you heard the, the speech this morning, it was a very kind of different sort of tone. It was very, very interesting in terms of kind of a the first little inkling I could see that was a serious kind of inconsistency of what I saw with his brain. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you'd like to join in and give us a comment, we're talking about the Donald Trump brand, the Trump brand, and how this will be impacted by him becoming president of the United States. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. What What is interesting is that... Uh, with, with with how he needs to approach what he needs to do now, I, I think to a degree, his brand in terms of a business brand, mm-hmm. as he has said, he, he wants to kind of put it in trust and I guess his children will run it to a degree. That may actually end up being in some degree, I think, a good thing because it takes kind of one piece to the puzzle away from him that he doesn't have to worry about, at least as much. You agree? Yeah, I, th- I think that's that might be the case. I mean, oh, you know, definitely his children's profile during this campaign has grown in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Many people also felt that, you know, they were able to restrain him in some ways um, during the campaign. So potentially moving it over to that side of things could help his brand for sure. Um, but I think I think the, the key thing, though, is looking forward is, well, what does he want his 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 basically his platform to look like right and mm-hmm. if he's going to try and balance multiple stakeholders that's going to be really difficult because there there are audiences that we haven't seen that they they can be bridged in many ways the interesting thing though that was brought up this morning i heard i forget who mentioned it on one of the morning uh, tv shows is that as trump has done this Remember that obviously the Democrat side was not going to be in favor of him, mm-hmm. and a large portion of the Republican side was not in favor of him. Mm-hmm. And so, realistically, he's not beholden to mm. anybody right. in this in this whole process, and he can kind of chart his own course. And I think that's that's absolutely right. So this idea that he's now going to be more moderate in many ways. Well, if you look at basically just this, if you if you think about this in terms of power, right, and that's what. 
That's what we teach here at, at Wharton. We, if we think about this in terms of power, if you think about the structure and the role, well, in terms of the structure, he's got a very clear mandate. I mean, they have the Senate, they have Congress. He yep. has the mm-hmm. presidential office. He's going to nominate the next Supreme Court justices. Yep. And anyone who's going to try and serve as a check on that, on basically on his platform, mm-hmm. I mean, he has the potential to have huge influence in each of those chambers. So that's one. So I think it's going to be really hard to see how the structure is going to push back and kind of keep him clear and, and constrain him. I think the other part that is really interesting to think about is just the role of the presidential office. So one thing we talk about is that as leaders kind of climb the hierarchy, they're more and more, there's more and more distance from them and, and the people in many ways. And what we do see is that, mm. you know, it can lead to reduced perspective taking. It can lead you to have more abstract language. So, and, and you've seen this throughout the campaign too, right? Right. Um, and it can also lead to you having an illusion of control over events. So but it, it will also uh, be important in terms of kind of alluding to what you're saying, Samir, it, is who he picks mm-hmm. for a lot of these positions to run various portions of the U.S. government because his brand Mm -hmm. ends up being linked to all of these people and what they actually do. Obviously, we saw that kind of play out in the last month of the election Mm -hmm. with James Comey and what he all went through Mm -hmm. and the impact that had potentially on Hillary Clinton or potentially on Barack Obama going out of office. Mm -hmm. I think also what's very interesting here is this idea of, and you made the point very nicely, which is what's going to be the evolution of the brand? How is it going to like more? What, what is it going to morph into? I think yeah. he's sort of playing on the extremes at a certain point here, or at a certain level here. And so, you know, what's going to be, I think, fascinating to watch unfold is how these two kind of separate sub brands, if you will, the business brand and the, the populist uh, change agent brand, how those things can come together and potentially merge to benefit his overall sort of umbrella brand. We're joined here in the studio by America's Reed Wharton Marketing Professor, also uh, Samir Nurmohamed, who is a Wharton Management uh, Assistant Professor. Joining us here in the studio, your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. One thing I, I mentioned earlier in the show is that the, the comments from a gentleman like Brian from Central Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. those are seemingly... I think there is a, an underlying number of people that really felt that way and yes. just didn't talk about mm-hmm. that. Yes. And that yeah. kind of goes to yes. a little bit also the brand of Donald Trump and in some respects, I think maybe to a negative way that we had so many people that seemingly yes. voted for Donald Trump, but did not want to say that they yes. voted for Donald Trump. Yes. One being Senator Toomey here in Pennsylvania, right. who did not say he was voting for Donald Trump until five minutes before the <laughs> polls in Pennsylvania closed. Right. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very unique dynamic yeah. here. It's very intricate. I think the other important aspect about this is that, you know, thinking about the brand and, and, and the marketing piece of this. Like what? What is? What are some of the things that he's going to bring to this presidential <laughs> approach? That's going to borrow from these business principles that he's well. He has so well honed. And I mean, it's fascinating. The tweet from your uh, your caller, Dan. This idea of a common a common vocabulary, a common tone, can somehow make me feel like, and I'm a blue collar guy, maybe working at a factory, and somehow I feel an affinity to a billionaire. Is yeah. is just a fascinating. Uh, kind of expose. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's marketing at its finest to be able to say I can create commonality with with almost these superficial kinds of things that's not based on anything substantive, right? And so, and then there's a, a big kind of emotional piece of this too, because what marketers are really typically excellent at is to tap into that kind of emotional appeal. 
And we saw this very clearly where, you know, the other side would try to come with facts and, and quote unquote truth and all of this. Right. And the, the Trump brand would go back to this emotional kind of, I can connect with you. We're, we're in this together as, as outsiders. We have to bring down this elite. Samir? I think that's absolutely right. And, I, you know, it's, it's really interesting to think about this in light of what, you know, the polling had said, right? So if you think about last night, a lot of people have been talking about how, you know, scientists were essentially wrong in terms of making the predictions. I think what hasn't changed, though, is that we're going to have a lot of research ideas <laughs> going forward based on yes. the results. So yes. It's going to have a total be... redo on polling yeah, here in the United gonna, States. We're going to have to switch yes. up the curriculum a little yes. bit here at Warren. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. If you can't get to your phone, you can more, uh, you can send us a comment via Twitter, either my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21, or the show Twitter account, which is at Biz Radio 111. It's interesting. Uh, Paul Ryan just uh, made comments uh, just a little while ago. One of the things that's <laughs> being tweeted out is a comment that he made. Donald Trump heard a voice out in this country that no one else heard. Mm. Which is very interesting in the fact, if you look, I guess, at how everything played out, he kind of did. You know, a lot of people that maybe didn't vote in 2008 or 2012 yeah. came back and voted in 2016. Yeah, it's it's kind of incredible. I mean, what is a what does a great marketer do? A great marketer is able to tap into needs and wants. And so we saw this very clearly in this this notion of giving a voice to a, a large group of consumers, if you will. Uh, who felt they had no voice. And so being able to to resonate with these people and to deliver a message, even as emotional as it was, uh, was super effective in terms of making that connection. But playing off of that word deliver, now yes. Donald Trump has to deliver. It's where it gets if, hard. If, if the brand yep. is going to be continue to be successful, That's correct? That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And I think, just like America said, I mean, the other thing that I just think about is is how how this also comes down to how he basically empowered a huge segment of his brand, right? So yeah. a huge, a huge audience. So he gave meaning to a lot of people who felt like they didn't have a voice. Um, he made it seem like they have a huge impact on what gets to, what gets done in this country, right. and that's going to have a huge role to play going forward. And I think the the key for him too is not just leaving this group of people on the sidelines as he goes into office, right? And really figuring out how how he can potentially mobilize them even further. Because mm -hmm. I think they're going to be absolutely mobilize crucial. or monetize, Mo mobilize <laughs> well, and monetize. I mean, <laughs> in this case, one goes with the other, yes, right? Yes, unfortunately. Yes, yes. Well, and th then I, I will I will throw a question to both of you about somebody that we haven't talked about in this whole process uh, is uh, is now Vice President-elect Pence. Pence. And, you know, obviously when you look at the two of those gentlemen, they obviously, if you wouldn't probably invite them to the same party on, on a weekend, you know, with <laughs> right. some of the beliefs that, that Pence right. has and right. some of the beliefs that, that Trump has. But his brand as you know, obviously was strong as a governor, mm -hmm. uh, but it has the opportunity now to take that that next step up. And we have seen from time to time vice presidents that have obviously done very good work. Pence has an opportunity to really, you know, take that next step. For sure. It definitely reminds me of those situations where you have basically co-leaders in an organization, right? And, and that's very much what it sounds like in some ways. Mm -hmm. At least that's how they were selling it to people. Mm -hmm. um, so if you think about Mike Pence, not only is he, he have a higher profile now, but he's bringing a completely different group of stakeholders mm -hmm. to the table, right? And he will be very, very crucial in ensuring that their voices are heard, too. 
um, if, if, if that's exactly what, you know, what's wanted in terms of this office. What do you think this, this does? Now, we have to take this back for a, a little bit because if you go back to the start of the primary season, we had 17, mm-hmm. 18 people running for the Republican nomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Donald Trump, did, you know, he won the nomination. What what happens to the brand of all of those people, potentially hmm. the John Kasichs of the world? Uh, Chris Christie obviously has quite a few issues that he's dealing with mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Marco Rubio just uh, you know won his Senate seat in, in, in the state of Florida again. What does it do for those gentlemen that Donald Trump won and they didn't, and they were all career politicians. Yeah, I think that's a super interesting question. I think part of it will have to do with how they reinvent their own brands. I think you're going to see kind of an alignment now of this redefinition of what it means to kind of be a part of having the Republican uh, Party brand. Right. And so you're going to see that shift a little bit with Donald Trump kind of as the anchor point here, uh, having successfully completed uh, this election effort. Um, I think what's also interesting is that it's kind of this big wake-up call to say, hey, you know, we need to really rethink about what resonates with consumers uh, in this space and what really drives them to to connect with a, a, a figurehead uh, in, in an election. Well, it's probably even more of a wake-up call for the Democratic side uh, because seemingly they believed up until maybe yesterday – that their candidate was going to be in the White House. And I've heard a couple of people already say, well, now does the Democratic Party need to have a rethink on this? And who are the, the next leaders? You know, it, do, do they go Bernie Sanders more now this time? Do they go Elizabeth Warren you know, the next time? I mean, it, it really does become a, a, an interesting thought process for the Democrats as well. I think that's absolutely right. So if you think about where they're potentially going, I mean, you can think about the moderates in the Democratic Party versus, you know, the more Bernie Sanders-like supporters and seeing, you know, who takes it in what direction. And if one of those groups feels left behind, do they stay in the party or do they go elsewhere, right? And there might be different opportunities in the next few years for people to potentially work across the aisle um, to see that happening, at least on smaller issues that don't get voters' attentions in the same way. Um, but we haven't seen that in the last, you know, 10 14 years probably very much. So remains to be seen whether that will actually happen. But obviously the, the difference is, is that now we have a Republican president mm-hmm. with a Republican-controlled Congress, mm-hmm. and you don't have that that, that natural infighting in, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that normally happens. And you, you bring up a good thing. The checks and balances now becomes a very interesting piece to watch going forward because you have Republican, 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 mm-hmm. instead of having that natural kind of checks and balances in the process to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's super important from a product quality perspective, right, in terms of the types of things that can happen within this administration. I want to go back to an earlier point, too. I think what, what's going to be watched here is the narrative that uh, happens uh, not only with the speech that uh, Hillary is going to give, but also, uh, you know, the 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 get together with uh, President Barack Obama on Thursday, and so you know yeah, what, what's going right. to be super super interesting, <laughs> I think, is all of this kind of fragmentation really falls up under the 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 brand, the umbrella brand of American identity. So how how this conversation happens between these individuals is going to, you know, instantiate that or not. Well, let me ask you this question, because I, I thought about this over the last, you know, couple of months as, as the, 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 the campaign was really coming down to the, the, to the last core. If you go back to 2008, there's obviously been video that it's, it's well been publicized of Barack and Michelle Obama saying some very mean things 
at Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. when they were running yes, for the fair. Democratic yeah. nomination. Mm-hmm. The last month or so, <laughs> they have been all in. Yes. in, in so it, it, it makes you look at the brand of the Obamas as well, does yeah. it not? I think it's fair. I think what, what always helps is the fact that uh, memory is, doesn't last forever. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, you, you, you can say, I mean, you can just see what, what was going on, for example, with Ted Cruz and how he... You know, went from kind of a you know negative, super super negative, and suddenly positive. You know, for Trump. I mean, I think <laughs> to, be, just... to being on a phone taking phone calls for polling for, <laughs> yes. for Donald Trump. Yes, it was quite quite a turnaround. Yes, as a matter of fact. But uh, but that's I think that's the good news is that time heals all wounds, and you know, memory doesn't last forever in terms of these things that might have been said in the heat of trying to win an election. Right. I think what's going to be critical in the next several days is how people come together and have a conversation about yeah. differences and a civil conversation that can help, again, sort of instantiate this larger brand of American identity. Samir? And I think one thing that we're also going to have to pay attention to, and I don't know if it's going to happen you know, over the next few months or the next year, but who's really going to take the platform for the Democratic Party? Sure. Who's, yeah. mm-hmm. who's going to really yeah. embody those values, right? Mm-hmm. And will it be someone who's been involved in politics for a long mm-hmm. period of time? Right. Will it be a newcomer, someone from business potentially um, if you think about someone like Bloomberg or others like that um, mm-hmm. what do they stand for and that is going to serve as a contrast and define Trump's brand in many ways too do you think it it, it almost needs to be a non-politician to kind of follow the because obviously Donald Trump's success partly was because he was anti-establishment yeah, I don't know if it has to be someone who's not a politician. I think it's going to have to be someone who can potentially match him on charisma right. and energize the vote right. um, and very much embodies the values that, you know, the stakeholders of the Democrat, Democratic Party embody um, and also the people that potentially left the Democratic Party. So I think, yeah, there's probably going to be you're going to see more and more people that are potentially crossing over. But that's been happening for a long period of time in primaries. You see former CEOs, you see people in the military and so forth yeah. that haven't been really involved in Congress and the Senate. I mean, let's not forget Barack Obama very much was just a, you know, a one-term senator, I think, when he came to office, at least in, yeah. in the U.S. Senate. So, you know, he had that relatively new feel too, right? And if we think about that new car smell, um, <laughs> one of the benefits of that is that you don't necessarily have the history. And you saw how history really, really prevented um, Hillary Clinton from potentially getting more votes. Well, you know, I mean, obviously we have Donald Trump now that's going to be president of the United States, and we all know his uh, his background and obviously mm. the things he's done in television. Mm. Maybe the the Democratic uh, candidate to come after him needs to be somebody like Mark Cuban, who obviously <laughs> that's interesting. Who uh, uh, yeah. and it's interesting. Mark, I just read it. Uh, Mark Cuban tweeted out a little while ago. We all need to give President-elect Trump a chance. Support the good. Lobby against what we disagree on. No one is bigger than all of us, which that is talk about a turnaround. That's about as big a turnaround as as you can get. Although Cuban was one of the first people who said, let's give Trump a chance in the primary, too. So I think this is very consistent with what Cuban does and says. That's fair. So I think I think he's very much. And I think I think you'll see it after this election. I I mean, after Hillary's speech, after what Barack Obama says, too, you're going to see people give him the opportunity and chance. But, you know, those first hundred days that we always talk about, that's really Donald Trump's chance to make a new first impression for, yeah. I mean, it's not his first yeah. impression, of course, but sure. it's going to really stick, I think, sure. in many ways. And here's the question. What do you think is going to happen to the Clinton brand? Well, and, and I was going <laughs> to ask that quickly, and we, we got to wrap this up here in a second, is the fact that uh, Donald Trump won the state of Arkansas yeah. for people that didn't really pick that up. Right. And, and here's a state that, that Bill Clinton did very well in as governor mm-hmm. for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And you almost assumed, I think, that Clinton's 
we're going to win that state no matter what. Yeah. But I think Hillary Clinton has kind of taken herself so far to being a yeah. New Yorker right. that she's not uh, no longer somebody from the state of Arkansas anyway. Right. So, yeah. gentlemen, great to have you both here. Great conversation. Thank you, Samir. Thank you, America's. Great to have you both. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.